Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. So I was joking with my assistant before service. I was looking at the service schedule. I did the dean's list and ended up doing the president's list. And, and then I had preach. I was like, the only thing they don't have me doing is praise singing. And then Sister Russell dared me to get up here and praise singing. <laughs> I wasn't brave enough. Amen. What a wonderful worship service we've had. Thank you, uh, Brother McClintock, for the kind invitation. I'm so glad to be able to speak in chapel today. Amen. 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 It's been a long time coming, this message. I've had it for a while. And uh, it's been working on me for over a year. Uh, but I, I, you know, last year I, I, I felt it, and then I was, and then, you know, as circumstances developed, and then I started to second guess myself because started to think, yeah, this is, a, this is an old man message. This is an old man message. I, uh, I'm going to sound, talking to 18 to 22 year olds here, they're, they might not get what I'm trying to say because they're not where I am. So I just want to, I want to preface this today, okay? This is one of those messages you might not need now. But I can tell you when you get to be my age, you're going to need it. Okay? You're going to need it. Last year, for my Bible reading, I did something I never did before. I, uh, I've been asked to work on a project on the book of Proverbs. So I decided last year for my devotional Bible reading that I was just going to read the book of Proverbs. Actually, I did it because I'm lazy. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. You never have to guess what Bible chapter you have to read, right? What day of the week is it? What day of the month is it? That's the chapter I'm reading today. That was awesome. But I read through the book of Proverbs 12 times in a year. And the Word of God has such power. The Word of God has such power. And things began to stir in me and things that I hadn't seen in myself came to light and, and God has been continued since then because when you hide the word in your heart it does bear fruit and I'm thankful I'm thankful for that so the verse I want to preach from today I want to talk to you this is something I shared with the faculty my thoughts from last year coming into this year. 43-year-old man entering that wonderful era that we know as middle age. I remember when my wife told me, told me she was um, she's pregnant with Toby, Tobias, or, which, which Tobias is my lesson that be careful what you pray for because sometimes you get it. You really get it. But I remember the first thought that crossed my mind when she told me is, I'm going to be 59 when this kid's 18. <laughs> That's literally the first thought that came to my mind. So I'm entering this, but this new era of my life, but I want to share from that. Proverbs 22, verse 1, we could quote it all together, right? It says, a good name 
is to be chosen rather than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name, good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. By the help of the Lord today, I want to preach to you about good over great. Good over great. Can we pray and ask the Lord to help? I I need the Lord's help today. Jesus, I'm so thankful, Lord, for the worship. I'm so thankful, Lord, for the reminder that you are our defender. That you fight for us when we can't fight for ourselves. I thank you for the encouraging God testimony of the power of prayer. Help me, Lord, speak your word today with power. Help me share what's stirring in my heart, Lord. Let Let it bear fruit today, Lord. Let me communicate clearly so that our hearts can hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. He's the king of Hollywood independent film. In the late 70s, when I was born. So, by the way, this year, OT Lit, first day of class, I asked my class of 109 incoming freshmen, How many of them were alive in 1998 when I came to Urshan College? And exactly one raised their hand. That's how many years old I am. He founded it, but in 1970s, he founded a distribution company, a film distribution company called Miramax. Miramax. 23 years later, in 1993, after the success of their movie, The Crying Game, Disney bought Miramax for $80 million. In the following year, Miramax, as now a subsidiary of Disney, released Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, its true first Hollywood blockbuster. In 1997, four years later, his company won its first Academy Award for Best Picture for its movie, The English Patient. In 2005, he left Miramax to found a new production company with such Hollywood A-listers as Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Colin Vaines. His films have earned multiple Oscars, including one he earned personally as the producer for Shakespeare in Love and many Tony Awards as well. I'm speaking, of course, if you haven't guessed yet, of Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Name I'm sure you all recognize, even if you've never seen one of the films I've mentioned, which I hope is the case. But His list of accomplishments is impressive. I've just given you the brief highlights, but that's not why we so quickly recognize his name. In October 2017, sexual abuse allegations 
were made against him. By the end of that month, over 80 women had come forward with allegations dating back to the 70s. In May of 2018, Weinstein was arrested, charged with rape. February 2020, he was convicted on two of five felony counts and was sentenced to 23 years in prison. In July of 2020, he was extradited to California to face an additional trial for crimes, additional crimes committed there. Weinstein has been dismissed from his company, expelled from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and we all know the Weinstein scandal because it single-handedly launched the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement. That story is simply awful, but perhaps we could dismiss it because it's Hollywood. So let me tell you another story to bring it a little closer to home. I'm going to actually go back a few years before this to October 14th, 2014. The day that celebrity pastor Mark Driscoll resigned from Mars Hill Church. Driscoll in Seattle. Mark, Mars Hill, uh, Mark Driscoll had started a home Bible study in Seattle in 1996 and in the intervening 18 years had grown it into a network of 15 church campuses across four states. At its peak in 2013, the main Seattle campus had a membership of over 6,000 and a weekly attendance of over 12,000. His weekly sermons averaged 260,000 views on YouTube. Driscoll was a New York Times best-selling author, and a few times he appeared as a guest on ABC's Nightline, most famously in 2009 when he to debate Deepak Chopra, Chopra and uh, Carlton Pearson on the reality of hell. Besides his church, Driscoll played key roles in founding the Acts 29 network, the Gospel Coalition, and the theological cooperative known as the Resurgence. Alongside Rob Bell, Driscoll stood at the head of what we know as what we now call the emergent church movement. And he was probably the most well-known conservative evangelical pastor in North America at the time. But on August 25th of 2014, Driscoll suddenly announced that he was taking a six-week leave of absence as pastor as the church's board of elders reviewed a whole series of allegations against him, including plagiarism, fraudulently using marketing money to inflate his book sales so they would appear on the bestsellers list. Basically what he did is he paid a company to buy thousands of copies of his books the week they came out to make it appear that it was selling rapidly and boosted up this bestseller chart. He's also accused of bullying staff and church, former church members, as well as making vulgar online posts under an assumed name. Mars Hill elder Dave Kraft filed formal charges accusing Driscoll of being, quote-unquote, domineering, verbally violent, arrogant, and quick-tempered. In light of the allegations, Lifeway Christian Stores pulled all of his books 
the Acts 29 network formally removed Driscoll and Mars Hill from their association. By the end of September, the Church Board of Elders issued their report, which uncovered patterns of persistent sinful behavior. The board did craft a restoration plan, but Driscoll chose to resign instead, which he did on October 14th. So on October 31st, Halloween 2014, just two weeks after his stunning resignation, lead pastor Dave Bruscus announced that effective January 1, 2015, the Mars Hill Network would be dissolved, cease to exist. When I was first starting out in ministry, I came across, I don't remember exactly where, this quote from the great theologian, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, right? You all know I have a penchant for country music. So, I'm sorry. But Kenny Rogers once said, you have, you've got to be willing to give up good to get great. You've got to be willing to give up good to get great. All these years, it's, it's stuck with me. Not, maybe not quite as a life motto, but, but as a reminder that I never want to be mediocre. Right? I don't want to be satisfied with just giving it the old college try. I want to always excel. I want to push harder, further, faster, deeper. I want, I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to study more. I want to write more. I want to teach more. I never want to grow satisfied, complacent, or stagnant in my walk with the Lord and in my ministry, right? I always want to, I don't want to be satisfied with, with just status quo. I, I, I want to push myself a little further, as, as Hayden said, right? When, when I graduated from high school, I, I had chosen Philippians 3, 13 and 14 as my life verse where Paul writes, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on. I go forward. I, I take the challenge and I step up to meet it. Right? Always forward. Never retreating. Always improving. Never declining. Bigger dreams. Better strategies. Bolder plans. Now I want to be clear. I firmly believe that God expects and yes, deserves our very best. In fact, I think David articulates the core principle of worship in his negotiations with Arana, the Jebusite, in 2 Samuel. I will surely, he says, I will buy this threshing floor from you for a price. For nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. 
If you're going to worship the Lord, it's going to cost you something. The sacrifice is the essence of worship. Giving God something of value that you give up for Him. That's what it means to worship the Lord. I believe that, and He deserves it. And I want to give God my very best. I've always wanted to maximize my impact for the kingdom. I've always wanted to be effective in real and tangible and measurable ways. I've always wanted to do something great for God. If I'm going to do this, I want to do great things for God. But for the last little while, since I hit 40, I haven't been able to shake the feeling, and maybe there's something about this that isn't quite right. Because what's been troubling me in the stories that I shared is great men are rarely good men. It happens literally all the time. It happened just this week to Matt Chandler. Who, by the way, led the X-29 network. That's clearly not a good leadership role. Right? He had to step down this week. Some shocking revelation about some revered great man or woman that absolutely destroys your perception of them. Some scandal. Some caught-on-tape moment. Some leaked email or text message shows you that they are petty and narcissistic, vengeful, greedy, perverted, vulgar, rude, debauched. Because you see, the, our, the way you achieve greatness, our culture says, is that you focus all your attention on one talent or one skill that you have that's unique to you, something you can do better than anyone else. And then you pour all your attention and all your effort into that one thing. It's the attitude I find summarized by the old t-shirt that says, basketball is life. All the rest is just details. Anybody seen those? It's the equivalent, I believe, of discovering that you're right-handed. So you, go, you spend all your time at the gym lifting weights with your right arm, but never with your left. This is how you end up with the Harvey Weinsteins and the Mark Driscolls of the world. Harvey Weinstein, brilliant film producer. Truly one of the greats of his generation and a total sleazebag. That's how you end up with Mark Driscoll, a great communicator, but a rotten boss. See, I learned something from another great theologian, Lily Tomlin. The problem with the rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat. Right? We live in a world that values talent over balance. We live in a world that values achievement over character. 
We live in a world that values recognition over righteousness. We live in a world that exalts greatness but devalues goodness. It's, it's, it's part of everything's turned around. If you can accomplish great things, if you're a person of great talent and ability, you get recognized. But if you're just average, if, if you just, no, 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 we don't care about that. I, but, uh, but here's what I've come to realize. Kenny Rogers was exactly right. In the world we live in, goodness and greatness are antithetical. And usually you've got to give up one to get the other. But it's a trade I'm no longer willing to make. I'm not willing anymore to give up being a good man for being a great professor. I'm not willing to give up being a good dad just so I can be a great preacher. You hear what I'm saying today? I... The world wants to put me in this place where I have to choose between good. I'm not going to choose greatness over goodness. I'm not going to choose recognition over my relationship with God. I'm not going to choose accomplishment over character. I'm not. You hear me this morning. There's something stirring in my belly that says this world has got everything turned around backwards. And they say they say that greatness is goodness. But my God says that being a good man, being a good woman, being a righteous brother or sister, that's what makes you great. I won't focus on developing my talent for the, on the, at, the ben, at the expense of keeping my balance. Let me say that again since I stumbled over it. I won't focus on developing my talent at the expense of keeping my balance. I won't surrender a life of faithfulness for 15 minutes of fame. I won't substitute spiritual fruit feats. For spiritual fruit. I'd rather the epistaph on my tombstone read. He was a good man. He was a good man. And a great teacher or a great preacher. Great pastor. Great, I don't care. I, wanted to, I want to be known as a good man. I don't want students to be impressed with how much I know. I want them to be impacted by how much I care. I don't want students to remember me. I don't want you to remember me for my brilliance. I want you to remember me for my kindness, my concern. And yeah, I may, maybe I push you hard, but I love you every minute I did it. And I believed in you because I do. You don't know how much I believe in every one of you. You don't do this for 20 plus years without believing in the potential of your students. You all are going to change the world. But I don't want you to do just great things. I want you to do good things. I don't care if you're youth 
just want him to make it to heaven because you led him in the right direction. Okay? I don't care if there's a sister in your choir who's a little bit off key every time she sings a solo. I just want her to worship and the glory of the Lord come down. And, and people, I want you to do good things. I don't care if it's a Fortune 500 company you lead, but I do care if you give money and you tie the profit to missions and, and you send missionary. Come on, somebody. I don't want you to give up good just to be great. I choose good. I choose good. Every day I wake up, I want to be a good, I want to be a good day. Maybe, maybe it's not a great class, but I want it to be a good class. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the best church service or the best Bible study I ever taught. But it, I want it to be, maybe it's not a great Bible study, but, but it was a good Bible study. And it was, it was true to God's word. And, and, and maybe, maybe I didn't explain everything, but, but I made points that connected with people. Come on, somebody. There's, uh, listen to this old middle-aged guy for just a minute. There comes a point in your life where you realize all the great dreams you're reaching for. That's not what really matters. What really matters is living each day in the goodness of God. Stand together. I'm getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to close. Oh God, call us back to goodness because that's how we'll change the world. That's how we'll make a difference. Not by having our name in lights. Not by having our names in the papers and all over social media. But when we live out of the love and the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. And we share it every day with everyone around us. Come on, somebody who's not willing to make the trade today. Come on, if you want to give God, I want to be good. God, I want to be good. Choose good. Choose good. Choose good.